I'm really looking forward to sharing the word with you guys this morning. Thank you so much, John. Um, just in case you were wondering, um, I'm not going to sing at the start of the message, like Ray. Yeah, sorry, you know, sorry to disappoint you guys, but uh, I actually want people to enjoy church on Sunday, so I'm definitely not going to be doing that. But um, I am looking really forward to sharing a brand new series with you this morning called Spirit, Soul, and Body. Uh, that's the uh, that's the that's the topic. That's the title of our conversation this morning. And um, I, I just want to say from the outset, in kind of thinking about thinking about this uh, series, it's based on a passage in First Thessalonians. By the way, we're not gonna we're not gonna get there just yet. But it's First Thessalonians five twenty three. That's the that's the conversation. Um, I just want to say that you know from the outset, when it when it came to to my preparation for this series, I don't think I ever I've ever felt the spirit of God resting as strongly on a series before as what I have with this one. Um, there was just something very unique about the prep time that I spent um, in in thinking about this 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 conversation. And what was very unique about it is that it it almost seemed like every person that I spoke to over the last two or three weeks or so had something to say about this about this topic that we're going to be speaking about. It was amazing how either through a prayer request or a praise report, it all kind of tied into this conversation, which is really about wholeness, wholeness. That, that Christ has purchased for us on the cross. That's, that's the nature of this conversation. And, you know, it's just one of those things as a pastor, you know, you, you, you kind of want to get quiet before the Lord and, um, you know, clear your head and really hear what he's saying. It's just one of those little things that you kind of look for um, in, in, in preparing a message is, you know, is when you kind of feel like God is really laying his heart on this thing through, through, through conversations. And I kind of get the sense that he wants to do something unique and supernatural in us, uh, in this, in this series. And so I suppose if I could be as bold as to say that let's, let's trust God together for healing, for breakthrough, for, um, some supernatural miracle to take place in, in, in this house. Is that, is that a, is that okay? Can I be as brave as to say that? But I really do feel like God is, is, um, is wanting to, to reveal some truths to us through, through scripture. And, you know, given the nature of this topic that we're going to be speaking about wholeness and, and with that sort of uh, idea in mind, we are going to create some moments at the end of every service for the next three weeks to pray for people. I want us to create a space where we can say, hey, you know what, that's me. I need, I need prayer for something. So I'm telling you guys now, I'm giving you a heads up so you can start to get uncomfortable already. So, you know, I, I know what it's like. But how many of us know that sometimes the place of our greatest discomfort is often not the, the place of our greatest growth, Right. And maybe God wants, wants us to say, you know what, that's me. I need, I, I need some prayer during, during this series for, for something. So that's kind of where we, where we headed. And uh, <clears throat> let's take a look at our key scripture this morning, First uh, Thessalonians 5.23. And then we're going to sort of un, unpack this conversation as we go. You guys happy? Okay, First Thessalonians 5.23, this is what it says. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Pause there for a moment. Who's doing the sanctifying? God right? Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body, those are the three parts, those are the three weeks, be, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Can we take a moment to pray together as we get into our word this morning, family? So Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that as we as we receive your word together, you would do a new thing in us, Father. Would you position us to receive everything that you have in store? And Father, I thank you that you would choose to use me this morning to, to, to bring your truth, to bring your word to your people. 
And may we all be refreshed in this process. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the title of our message this morning, Father's House, is Death to DIY. Death to DIY. There it is. It sounds like a metal band, doesn't it? Dill was saying, you're sounding like a metal band at church? Death to DIY. And with that kind of title and that introduction in mind, I want, to, I want to ask us a question this morning as we start our conversation. But has anyone here ever felt like, no matter how many different ways you try to do something, try to make something work, in the end, you got the exact same result? Anyone here ever felt like they went around the same mountain, different ways, no matter how many creative you know, efforts we put in, we ended up at exactly the same place as before, sometimes even worse off? You know, feeling like there was a, maybe a deficit of some kind, like we were defeated. And if that is the case, if that is the case, if anyone here can relate to that, then what if, spiritually speaking, there was a way to live with sufficiency instead of deficiency in that area? What happens if there was another way of getting around that mountain that didn't seem like we ended up in the same result? What if there was a way to live in victory despite the mountain that we faced? And not just in one area, of life, but in every area, in every area. And I guess for me, this is a part of what I experienced um, not so long ago. Um, and this is the one I want to open up with. I want to tell you guys a little bit of a story to help illustrate this, this point. But as you may know, um, I became a dad for the first time about five months ago, almost five months ago. Uh, and it's been a wonderful journey, you know, full of smiles, full of laughs, full of Instagram photos, uh, and full of panado as well. Uh, lots of panado for me, for me. But, uh, you know, as one does, whenever you, you know, uh, have D-Day approaching, you know, D-Day, delivery day, you, you begin preparing the room, don't you, for your little one. Um, and that usually involves some kind of DIY project of some kind, you know. You buy a, a what's that thing called? A bassinet, you know, which I thought was a musical instrument, you know, clarinet, bassinet, turns out it's a cupboard. You do some painting, you do some, you know, purchasing of things, you buy all the unnecessary essentials and, uh, you know, you kind of get this room ready. And um, one of the things, uh, if you know me, that I'm allergic to uh, is shopping malls on a Saturday and DIY stuff that has an instruction manual that makes no sense. It is the absolute bane of my existence when, you know, you open this instruction manual, say for this pram that you purchased, which is what happened to us, and this instruction manual may as well have been written by the child that's going to get in the pram because it makes absolutely no sense. You know, it says, place part C into foot, you know, and let overhanging face forward. And I look at this and I'm like, you know what? I say to Kelly, like, my love, I mean, I'm just going to carry the kid, you know. Let's just leave the pram. Like, I, I, let's just carry him wherever he goes. We don't need this drama in our, in our life. And, and that is exactly what happened. You know, we, we had um, we, we'd done some research, you know, through the University of Google. Uh, and, we, and we kind of, you know, we're looking for this pram. And we decided to purchase a thing called a doona. Anyone ever heard of a doona? It's like a pram thing that with a click of a button converts into a car seat. And it's what uh, our son Benjamin has been chilling in on Sundays. He, he, he says he misses you, by the way. He, he'll, be, he'll be back next week. But um, so I'm not the biggest handyman, right? As I, as I said. So, you know, when it came to the purchasing of this, of this doona, one of the things that got me was the selling point that said, uh, uh, simplest uh, car seat on the market. So I was like, okay, you know what? Even for a clown like me, I can purchase this thing. Um, <laughs> I often joke with my friends, you know, I, I say that they, they know how to use a drill. I know how to use a cell phone to ask them to use a drill. Yeah, it's like, hey, Barry, I'll just send me the invoice. Thank you, man. You know, so given my lack of experience, and my previously failed experiences 
in setting up things like car seats and prams and whatever, I thought, you know, this is going to be easy. Um, so we sold, you know, I sold half my fishing tackle, uh, raised the funds and bought this, uh, bought this uh, doona. So, you know, I opened the instruction manual and I'm like, okay, I will say honest, I'll, I'll be honest, it was easier than, than, than the ones that I'd seen before. But I thought, you know, seeing as though I'm opening up myself again to embark on this journey, let me, uh, let me do what any good self-respecting South African man does. And he's just like, you know what? I don't need the manual. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to do this. I'm believing in myself. I'm going to redeem myself from my past experience. And I'm going to give this thing one more shot. Well, it wasn't five minutes. And I had reached the point that all of us fear, where you get stuck. And you look at the foot that says place in sea with overhanging hanger. And I'm like, Lord, here we go. I'm here. I'm at this place again where I just, I can't seem to make sense of what's going on. And, you know, it's, I honestly felt like I was the children of Israel leaving Egypt. You know, I've got D-Day running after me and I've got this ocean of confusion in front of me and I don't know what to do. And I'm starting to actually show signs of like, like visual distress, you know. I'm like sweating and I'm shaking and there's all sorts of stuff going on. And just at that point, when I've, when I've reached this, I can't go any further, uh, Voldu, some of you guys might know him, he's played on a worship team before, he's also our tenant at our property. He walks past in this calm, you know, beautiful Saturday afternoon sort of attitude. He looks at me, he's like, you're in a boot? Is he okay? <laughs> he looks a bit stressed. And I'm, you know, I'm just like, I hate plastic. You know, I mean, he's like, Jeepers, okay, recycle then, what's wrong with you? I'm like looking at all this stuff and I'm like, I just, I cannot go any further. I've reached my absolute limit. And, um, you know, at that point, he, he, he kind of realizes that he needs to step in here and, and, and bring some sort of divine intervention. He's like, okay, just, you know, calm down. It's okay. The instruction manual isn't evil and it's not wrong. You know, I'm just growing in my understanding of it. And I just need to learn how to apply it a bit better. I just need to follow the steps right? And I'll get to the end result. And after a few minutes, you know, he was able to help me assemble this, um, this little doona thing properly and fold it into the car seat and put it in the car and click the seatbelt in and off we're good to go. You know, my wife can finally relax. You know, when she gets to the hospital, there's going to be a seat to take her child home in afterwards. So thank the Lord for that. And all God's people said, pray for Lloyd. He needs help. I can see someone, someone's going to email me like a basic, and this is how to become a man sort of DIY list after the service. But friends, the point of me telling you this story um, this morning is the following. I think too many Christians, and I include myself in this equation, are walking around with a deficiency of some kind. Feeling like we're in deficit, like we're in a lack in some area. Feeling like we'll never match up to some kind of standard requirement, you know, seemingly like the instruction manual isn't clear enough in terms of how to assemble all the moving parts of our lives. And maybe you're sitting here this morning, or maybe you know someone this morning that feels like they're just not wired to succeed in some way. You know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a deficit in relationships. You know, maybe you're, you're, you're feeling like you're constantly living with tension or strife towards people in, the, in, your, in your world. Or maybe you're looking for a relationship Maybe it's a deficit financially, you know, when you're, you're in that position where you say to your bank account at the end of the month, may the fastest debit order win. Amen. Because you know that the things that are going, going in is not as much as what's coming out, right? Or maybe, maybe you're, in a, you're, you're, in a, you're in a deficit physically. 
Maybe it feels like you just can't seem to get ahead and, and, and step out of an injury or an illness or something that's perhaps even an, a, a hurt in your heart that's preventing you from moving forward with absolute healing. Well, the truth is this morning, and this is part of the assignment that I feel like I needed to share with you, is that the instruction manual, which is the Word of God, is absolutely perfect in its ability to lead us, to guide us, to correct us. You see, we're just growing in our understanding of it, and we're just learning how to apply it better and follow the steps to get to the right result. Because here's the thing, friends, the grace of God the grace of God poured out in Jesus is not just unmerited favor for salvation. It's also supernatural empowerment for sanctification. I'll say that again. The grace of God is not just unmerited favor for salvation. We know the scripture, right? It's for by grace that you have been saved. It is also, the grace of God is also supernatural empowerment for sanctification. For the journey that we're on, this, this road of our lives. And part of this conversation is to help us understand what it is that we've been given in our spirit and to allow that to work itself out into every part of who we are. Can you say amen to that this morning? And this, is, and this work, by the way, as we read in that verse just now, that God himself, God of peace himself will sanctify you. He's already done the work on our behalf. Did you know that Jesus is not waking up every day going to the cross again? Do you know that he did that once? for all mankind, for all eternity. The salvation that he paid on the cross 2,000 years ago was sufficient. It's already done. And part of this conversation is to allow that truth, that power that's resting in us to work itself out into every era so that we don't go through life living like we have a surplus, like we have a deficit of some kind. I believe that it's God's will for us to recognize that we can live, spiritually speaking, with surplus because of what Christ has done. Amen. And you know, it's never in, it was never intended. It was never God's plan for us to, to kind of fight all of life's battles on our own, to do our DIY assembly of the doona of our lives, right? That was never God's design because the truth is, you know, where would God's strength be made perfect if it is not in our weakness? It was never intended for us to go through this thing alone. You know, the Apostle Paul literally says, and I know this scripture is not, not on the screen. It says, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, um, this, is a, this, is, this is the Lord talking to Paul. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is, is perfected in weakness. God's literally saying that his power is perfected in our weaknesses. And this is the point. You know, we were, we were never designed to go through this thing ourselves. You know, and we already have on the inside of us, through the Holy Spirit, everything we need to live in absolute wholeness. And this series is really going to be devoted to the idea of allowing that which Christ has already given us, He's already perfected in us, He's already blessed us with, to work itself out into every area, from our spirit, through our soul, into our body. Because here's the thing, you know, wholeness, this, this, this conversation of wholeness, it's not just meant for people that are broken right? Wholeness is not just for someone that is broken in some area. Living in wholeness and the journey towards wholeness is an ongoing one. And every one of us are on a road to experiencing this wholeness in some area. You know, the Apostle Paul, he says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I mean, that's coming from a guy that's pretty much done it all when it comes to faith, Right? I mean, this is a guy that wrote two-thirds of, of the New Testament. 
And yet he's saying, I haven't, I haven't yet achieved that. I'm still on this journey towards experiencing the fullness of what God purchased for me. And so when it comes to this topic of wholeness, we all have some steps to take, right? We all have some steps. And I wanted to give us a little, a little image, some, a little um, diagram to kind of help us with this conversation. Um, Phil, do you mind giving me a hand here quickly, right? I have a fear that I won't be able to uh, do this all mine. Would you mind taking this out for me and just popping it up next to us here? Here we go. So I said I can't sing, um, but I'm going to attempt to draw. Okay. That's, that's perfect. Thank you. Um, I, was, um, I was banned from woodwork in grade eight. Um, the guy just said, look, uh, <laughs> you're wasting all the material. You need to go and find something else to do. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to actually draw for us this morning. Okay. So whenever you hear the words spirit, soul, and body, which is what this series is, is, is going to be about, I want you guys to think of this picture. Okay. I want you guys to think of the image of a train. Guys, remember the train? Anyone ever used to take the train, by the way? Yeah? Trains? I, I remember going up to Zimbabwe with my parents in the train. It was absolutely awesome. But whenever you hear the word spirit, soul, and body, I want you guys to think of this picture. Okay, now, okay, let's just go, let's go like this. There you go. There's some, there's some, there's some smoke there. There's some wheels here. There's a little window. Okay, there's another window because that's where it should be. This guy's also happy and it's going this way. Okay, spirit, soul, and body. This is a train. I am a train engine. I used to do that when I was in primary school because the teacher would look at this picture of like a goat and be like, what the heck is that? So I'd draw a bubble and saying, I am a goat. So then she knows. Okay. Spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit, firstly, this is your spirit. This is the engine. Okay. This is the engine. This is the place where the captain sits. All right? This is where the steering happens. This is the thing that leads the rest of the train. You guys with me? This is the, this is the, this is the engine room, right? From there, we have a little thing that looks like that. And then we have the coach. Okay? Uh, there you go. This is the dining saloon. So these guys are, there's something there. There's a, there's a cup of coffee. There's a brownie. There we go. And they're, and they're also happy. Yeah, there you go. A couple of windows over here. So, sorry? Are they at war? <laughs> no, no, that's a thumbs up. There you go. Okay, thumbs up. It's lacquer. It's lacquer, baby. Okay. Yo, you guys are laughing. I, I say scripture, no amens, but I draw a train. Oh, like, in, in, engagement. Okay. Oh, by the way, um, the Greek word for, for, for spirit uh, is the word pneuma, right? Which means breath. So we know that's translated the, the, the um, spirit of God. So spirit is the engine. The coach, right? The dining saloon. This is your body. This is your body. All right. I mean, moving in this direction, by the way. So according to this scripture, your spirit drives and powers and leads your body. And your soul, this is, this is the part that connects the two. Your, spot, your, your, your soul is the link that connects your spirit to your body. 
You guys with me? And by the way, the word soul is the Greek word psycho, which is where we get the word psychology from. So this is where your emotions, your will, your decision-making, your, your feelings, your personality, this is where it sits here in your soul. You with me? So say it with me. Spirit is the engine. Your body is the coach. And your soul is the link that joins the two. So when we say spirit, soul, and body, I want us to be clear about what it is, what part of us it is that, according to God's word, is the part that should be driving us, the part that should be leading us. And this is the truth, and this is the power of the scripture. We have received in our spirits everything that we need for life and godliness. It's here. All the power, all the wisdom, all the mercy, all the freedom, everything that we need is sitting here in our spirit. And what this process is about is about working what is in our spirits out through our soul into our body. Can you say amen to that? Look at the scripture in Romans 8 verse 11, just to further illustrate this point. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who gave then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring to your mortal bodies life. Friends, this process of sanctification is about allowing what is in our spirits to work through our soul and be made manifest in our body, not the other way around. Because, you know, whenever we speak from a, from, from a place of deficiency, how many of us know that we're either operating from a place of here or here? Oh, I'm sore this morning. I don't, I don't feel so good. I'm angry. I'm bitter. I'm disappointed. I'm not feeling it anymore. It becomes challenging, hey, when you put it in these terms. And this is, this is why I felt so stirred about this particular message is that I often catch myself saying things like, oh, you know what, they really hurt me. I'm so disappointed. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like this anymore. Well, Lloyd, that's actually just your soul talking. That's the broken part of you that's injured in some way. But what does your spirit say? Well, I have joy. I have joy complete because of Christ in me. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, he can, you know, doesn't matter who is against us. God is for us. I don't have to be subject to what is going on here when this is actually already on the inside of me. The power of the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians 3 verse 16 is another verse that really helps us understand this, this, this picture. This is the prayer that Paul is praying for the church. And it's kind of the prayer that I wanted to pray for us today as well. It says, I pray that he, that's Christ, may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through the Spirit. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established firmly in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Isn't that an amazing prayer? And I suppose for us as, as, as believers, you know, we, we need to ask ourselves from time to time, what is it that's leading us? What is the part of us that's driving us? What is our, where is our decision-making coming from? Where, what, what is it, you know, what is driving our behavior? Is it some, something here? 
Is it an injury? Is it a deficiency here? Is it something here? Or is it the wholeness that we have already received through Christ Jesus? You know, have you ever thought about that verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17? Behold, all things have become new. We know that verse, right? If any man is in, is, is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Well, you know, I looked at that verse and I was like, okay, say if I'm, you know, overweight and I, and I become a Christian, I wake up the next day and I'm still overweight. So what changed? I mean, isn't it saying all things became new? What is he, what is he talking about? I mean, it doesn't look new. I still feel the way I do. I still, you know, maybe use the language that I, that I used to. I still have the same feelings of anger and resentment sometimes. All things have become new. Your spirit is now joined with Christ's spirit, and you are one. So in your spirit, all things have become new. You are perfected in your spirit that is joined with the Holy Spirit. And now we need to work this truth out through our soul into our body for the rest of our lives. It affects our language, doesn't it? We start using more victorious language when we understand this truth. We start worrying about things that are happening here and things that are happening here when we, when we t- take a hold of this, of this truth. The spirit, soul, and body concept that, that, that Jesus is reminding us of in Scripture this morning. And so I guess what I wanted to share with you over the next sort of five or so minutes, oh my, it's already 10 o'clock. Wow, that went quickly. Um, I mustn't spend so much time drawing scribbles on the page. Um, what I wanted to share with you guys over the next couple of minutes very quickly is just three simple steps, three simple ways. This is kind of an introduction to the rest of the series, right? Next week, we're going to talk about our soul, which is this part. So how do we apprehend more of what's in our spirit? And the last week, we're going to be talking about our body, spirit, soul, and body, living in wholeness in our body. But three very simple steps this morning, follows us. Three, three steps to kind of begin this process. How do we start this process about allowing the life that is already in our spirits to make its way through the rest of who we are? Well, firstly, the first thing that we have to do is simply we have to believe. We have to believe. And if we believe, it means that we must reject unbelief. We have to believe the truth. This is the first step in allowing the Holy Spirit to work himself in you and through you. Simply just believe what you have received. Just take God at his word. You know, there's a, there's a fascinating encounter in Mark chapter 9. Um, it's not on the screens, but it's this, this uh, really fascinating um, encounter that Jesus has with, with a father who has a son that is, um, that is sick, right? And this father brings his son to Jesus and asks him to heal him. Um, this, you know, this is after the disciples actually failed, failed in this process. So, um, you know, the, the, the boy was demon-possessed. It's a hectic story. It's, go, go look it up, Mark, Mark, Mark chapter 9. Um, but in, in this interaction with this father, Jesus says something so powerful when he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. He tells the father that. And the, and the father's response is, is so interesting. He says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, talk about being conflicted about something. You know, he's like, Lord, I believe, but help my, help my unbelief. Help me overcome this thing in me that is preventing me from, 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 from you know, receiving this miracle, receiving this breaks that I'm, that I'm, that I'm desiring. And I, I guess the point of the story is to simply begin by believing that what God said is true. Despite our past failures, despite the things in our lives that we thought were going to work out that never ended up working out, we need to remind ourselves that God's word will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it forth. We need to believe what we have received. And if you want like a little um, kind of double shot punch just to help us in this process of belief, look at, look at um, 
this passage in 1 John 4, verse, verse, verse 17. How's this one? In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. As Jesus is, so also are we in this world. Friends, that is a significant scripture right there. Ever thought about it in those terms? As Jesus is, so are we in this world. We need to believe that we have received everything. We have received the full deposit of the fullness of God in our spirits the moment that we accept, in the moment that we become born again. We have already received everything that we need in our spirit. And once we've done that, once we've believed what we've received, then the second step in this process is to practice. To practice our belief, to keep trusting, in other words. You know, how many of us know that it's, not, it's one thing just to believe, but sometimes we tend to forget, right? We need to remind ourselves of this truth. We need to remind ourselves that, hey, it's the spirit that's leading me, not my soul, not my body. This is the, intention, this is the intended design. This is the engine. And, uh, you know, we need to put, put our beliefs into practice. The same thing that happened with the children of Israel. You guys, you guys remember that story? It's always, it's, always, it's always fascinating to me to go and read about the uh, children of Israel in, in, in the Old Testament. You know, do you know what, what, the, what the main problem with them was? The main problem with, with, with the children of Israel was that although they had physically left Egypt, Egypt hadn't left them. They had left Egypt. You know, Moses, you know, he leads the people out, you know, all the plagues, everything. Pharaoh's eventually like, you know, guys, get out of here. They go to the Red Sea. He holds out the staff. They go and cross through the waters. Uh, um, Egyptian soldiers, uh, uh, soldiers follow them. The ocean, you know, kind of closes in and they're on the promised land. Enemies defeated. They're standing free. They're in the promised land. They're literally standing in the promised land. What happens a couple of chapters later? Crazy stuff, man. They're worshiping idols. They're like, they're losing their mind. And they actually say it would be better for us to go back into slavery. I mean, how's that? They've just seen the Red Sea part in front of them. <laughs> and they go, you know what? No, it's better. It's better back in Egypt, eh? It's better, it's better being, being a slave. Can you see how you can be absolutely free in your spirit, but still enslaved in your mind? Sometimes even, yeah, I'm standing in the promised land. I'm standing on the other side of the Red Sea, but in my mind, I'm still a slave. <laughs> I've left Egypt. Egypt hasn't left me. I'm holding on to a past hurt. I'm holding on to resentment. I'm holding on to unforgiveness. I'm not letting go. And so here I am, free but a slave. And friends, part of this process, part of this conversation is to help us unlock the truth that's in our spirit so that we can be set free in every area of our life, spirit, soul, and body. Can you say amen to that? Second Peter 1, verse 3 to 8. This is um, a great reminder to practice our belief, not to, not to forget what God has done, but to put our belief into practice. It says, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. <laughs> there it is. We have everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. By these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. And for this very reason, he goes on to say, make every effort to supplement your faith. Add to your faith. Do something with your faith. Goodness. Add to goodness, 
knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Can you see how there's some steps to putting into practice our beliefs? Not because we're trying to get saved, but because we are saved. Because we're trying to get the life that's in our spirit out into every other area in our lives. And then lastly, friends, the last kind of step as we begin this process in, in, in understanding how the Holy Spirit works out this life that's in us is to simply rest. It's to simply rest. We believe, which means we avoid unbelief. We practice. We keep trusting God. We keep believing that what he said would happen and we do some things with that. And then in the practicing, it's important that we remind ourselves just to rest. Just to rest. This is not about you at the end of the day, is it? This is about the spirit that is in you. And we don't want to make this thing, this whole, you know, this, this journey be about ourselves. This is about God. You know, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's not striving. It's not comparison. There's not, you know, bitterness. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And how many of us know what it feels like to rest from something and just leave it in God's hands? Isn't that a much better place to be? You know, I'm amazed, as I was saying earlier, how many of us and how many times we as Christians almost fall into this trap of wanting to construct, you know, the DIY style, the sort of plan that we have, only for God to go, you know what? It's actually about me, isn't it? And then we get to the other side of this plan and we go, okay, you know what, Lord, you were, you were right. Help me in my unbelief. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is, this is what the Holy Spirit is, right? He, he, you know, he, was, he wasn't given to us as some, you know, decor item to put up on a mantelpiece in our, in our lives somewhere. He was given to lead us so we can keep in step with him. Because this is how, when we are led by the Spirit, when we rest in his work, this is how we experience wholeness in every other part of us. And I want to end with this, with this passage um, this morning just very quickly that kind of ties all of this together. And I said earlier that, you know, sometimes it's our past mistakes. Um, it's our past bad experiences that keep us back, that limit us, that prevent us from wanting to step out again and trust God that we can experience a different result. And just in case you thought that your sin or the sin that was done against you can prevent that, please have a look at Romans 15. Oh, sorry, Romans 5 verse, verse 15 to 18 with me. This is um, probably the greatest book in all of Scripture in its, in its magnificent detail when it compares the life of the Spirit versus the life of the flesh, which we'll talk about in week three. But look at what the Apostle Paul says here. He says, but the gift, the gift of salvation, is not like the trespass. For if by the one man's trespass, that's Adam, many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. And the gift is not like the one man's sin because from one sin came the judgment resulting in condemnation, but from many trespass came the gift resulting in justification. If by the one man's trespass, Adam, if Adam's mistake meant that death reigned through the one man, how much more, family, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. You know what that verse is saying? It's saying you thought that sin was strong. You thought that because of one man's mistake, everything is broken, nothing can be fixed. Well, if the one man's sin made a mistake, how much more will the one man's sacrifice redeem that which was lost? 
Friends, there is no comparison between sin and grace in this, in this story. Grace wins every single time. You cannot plot your sin and Jesus' salvation on the same graph. They won't work. It won't mix. You see, according to this scripture, one man's sacrifice, how much more will it overpower? Will it, will it redeem any mistake, any failure, any sin that prevents us from living in the wholeness that God has designed? Can you say amen to that this morning? And I really am looking forward to over the next two weeks unpacking this a little bit more. I felt like I only scratched the surface of our, of our conversation this morning. I did actually have quite a hard time, I won't lie, in, in condensing all of the information that was sitting in my brain into just three weeks. Uh, maybe we can kind of unpack this as a, as a Bible study or something later. But um, can we, we just take a moment to stand together uh, as we pray um, and kind of wrap up our conversation this morning on this topic? I wonder, where's Sherwin? You're around? Ah, the man was ready. He knew I was going to ask him. He knew. He came prepared. But friends, um, I wonder if you could just take a moment, just with, you know, I, I won't keep us much longer, but five five minutes max. The coffee machine is will, will be ready, I promise. I want us just to take a moment um, and just quieten our hearts, perhaps even close our eyes. Yeah, let's just do that, just to create a little bit of an atmosphere of, of, um, of intimacy with God, I guess. Um, this is a big topic, right? It's a... <laughs> It's a huge topic. It's, um, it's not something that you want to just brush over because I really believe that it, it results in a transformed life when we grasp this truth that in your spirit right now, you are absolutely perfect. You have everything you need. The Holy Spirit is, He is all sufficient and it is God's design for us to walk out that sufficiency into every area. And so Father, I thank you this morning that the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago is still sufficient today. There is nothing more that we need to add to salvation. Father, we have already received everything that we need in our spirit. And we pray, Lord, that as we navigate this conversation over the next, over the next three weeks, that you would help us by your grace, in your love, to allow more of that life to work its way out through every part of us touching others' lives also, Father. We're sorry for sometimes assuming that we don't have what we need, when really, according to these scriptures that we read this morning, Father, we have more than enough. There's more than enough grace. There's more than enough love. And Jesus, we just take a moment again to reposition ourselves and ask, Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Would you guide us? And thank you, Father, that as we believe you at your word, as we believe that what you have said is true and that it will come to pass, we thank you that we will begin to experience new breakthrough in our lives. Father, I thank you for old mindsets to be replaced with new ones. I thank you for old injuries to be healed. Lord, I thank you for what perhaps was even a slavery mindset to be broken off, set free, and then we would step forward in a son and daughter mindset because that is what you have purchased for us, Jesus. You call us your children and we're no longer going to live under the bondage of slavery. And Father, I thank you even in this series that as we begin to explore these truths that we would see physical breakthrough too. Bodies that were out of alignment will come into alignment in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that, th that it is your desire, it is your will for us to live in absolute wholeness because that is what you purchased for us on the cross. And Father, 
I thank you that as we explore this series, we will, we will see more of your hand at work. And all of these things we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Father, can we give God a shout of praise this morning in worship?